We're going to go to the book of John, chapter 9. We'll read one verse there. Verse number 7. We're going to talk about a miracle here. It's already been said to all of our guests. We honor you today. And uh, there's a couple of people particularly that, that I'd like to point out. But I don't want to do that simply because there's others that I don't know. And so uh, those of you that my wife and I have been inviting, uh, we're honored that you're here today. We're honored you've made our day what it is. Amen. John 9 and 7, this is Jesus speaking, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam which is by interpreted sent. By interpretation, Jesus sent him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Did you hear that? He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. I want to preach to you for just a little bit the miracle of motion. You ready? The miracle of motion. Lord, we love you. We're nothing but you're everything. Lord, none of us deserve anything. We haven't earned it. But on a cross, you gave it. On a whipping post, you gave it. And it is our delight to receive everything that you've given us. Lord, we, we cherish what we feel here today. Every song sung, every word spoken, every member, every guest who may consider themselves to be a saint, a sinner, a follower, maybe the first time ever in a church. Wherever we're at, Lord, you can reach us because we can never go too low and we can never climb too high. And I thank you for reminding me of that sometimes. Move us with your message. Let us hear it, understand, and respond. In the precious, mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Let's just give him one more hand clap of thanksgiving before we're seated. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus Christ, the Bible said the fullness of the Godhead dwelled bodily in Christ Jesus. So here we have... All the power in the world, the power of creation. We have the Father of creation, the Son and redemption, the Holy Ghost in the church, and in you and I, His Spirit. That's where we get the terms Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He is the Father of creation. He is the Son in redemption. He is the Holy Ghost in the church today. He also is the door. And the nail, and the way, and the light, and the foundation, and the chief cornerstone, and the star, and the root, and on and on and on and on. 323 titles, I believe, are attached to that name. And that's why he gave us the name. So we don't have to know all them titles. He's a lawyer, and a judge, and a friend, and a witness, and on and on. He's everything. He, he You know, he's a husband to the widow. There's some widows in here today that if you didn't have God, where would you be? Where would any of us be? 
And so here we have that authority and that power that comes to this blind man and he touches him in a way, and we're going to read it in a little bit, but he touches him in a way and then tells him, go. Go. It's a commandment. He says, go. The word go right there means motion. It doesn't even have any spiritual application to it. It just means motion. It just means he told him to move. Now, he told him where to move. But he told him to, to move. You can't be right here and get what you're looking for. Sometimes you got to just do something. And there's a miracle in the motion when God speaks to us. I, I read an article just, just, just a little bit ago. Matter of fact, while I was amening Brother, Brother David from the office during, during teaching and uh, stood there and opened the door for a little bit, I, I decided to look this uh, look look for an article and see what I could discover. And so I just want to share with you something that's very fresh that I found just a little bit ago, matter of fact, during Sunday school. And uh, I took this article, and so I'm just going to read a little short portion of an article from Alina Health Systems. Uh, they're a very respected organization that has a division focusing on health and exercise and staying in motion. And here's a portion of it. Want to live longer? Get moving. We all know, and I'm just reading now, we all know that exercise can help you get fit, reduce weight, improve balance, and lower your risk for many diseases, such as heart disease. But numerous studies have shown that exercise can actually help you live longer. This seems logical, after all, if exercise reduces your chance of getting heart disease or cancer, then you've reduced your risk of dying from these diseases. But the longevity benefit is not just a result of reducing your risk of chronic disease. There's actual cellular changes associated with a regular exercise that keep you younger. Researchers at Brigham Young University who studied the DNA of nearly 6,000 adults found that telomeris, and I looked it up to make sure I'm saying that right, because uh, it ain't spelt that way, but the end caps on chromosomes that shorten with age were longer in people who were active compared to those who were sedentary. This correlation is about a nine-year difference in cells aging between those who are active versus those who are inactive. Nine years, think about that. Another study compared the heart, lungs, and muscles of active 70-year-old and an inactive 70-year-old and an active 40-year-old. They found that the active older men and women had comparable heart and lung capacity and muscle strength of those who were 30 years younger. A 70-year-old mobile man had the same muscle capacity as a 40-year-old man that was not mobile. The benefits of motion. Exercise results in other physiological changes that can help slow the aging process. Exercise is an anti-inflammatory. Inflammation of muscle and other tissues in the body are associated with aging. Exercise can lessen this effect. 
It can also boost your mood, improve your sleep, improve cognitive function and reduce memory loss, improve immunity system, and improve digestive function. Folks, I'm going to tell you, when it comes to these old bodies, there's a miracle in motion. There's a miracle of being in action. There's a miracle, and I, I know with the back trouble that uh, you all know I have suffered with for a, a lot of years, it made a whole lot of difference to lose 30-plus pounds. But just getting motivated, just getting moving, just putting 3,000 miles on a, uh, not alone, of course, but with my sweet wife, 3,000 miles uh, uh, now on a, on, a, uh, on a bicycle that don't move. Boy, that's an incredible scenery. You look over here and there's curtains. And you look about three feet over here and there's curtains. And you look over here about three more feet and there's curtains. Then you change walls and you see paint. You can't open the blind and see outside. So, so I just want to read this story to you now out of the book of John chapter 9. And we're just going to preach a little bit if you'll help me. you help me? And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the work of God should be made manifest in him, I, I want to I just share something with you that I'm reminded of uh, again. Sometimes the trials and the struggles we have is so God can allow us to know he's still in charge. I'm going to tell you something. I couldn't be standing here this very morning if God didn't give me strength and energy and make me feel one more time like I have purpose. I don't think anybody could, could ever feel like they deserve the hand of God in their life or feel like they've done enough for God to bless them. But I want to just tell you that if we can just keep moving. I found myself stuck recently. Anybody ever get stuck? And if you, if you stay stuck, the only thing that can happen is you die there. And so there's a miracle in motion just for the simple fact that as long as you're moving, you're alive. Watch this. The Lord says, nobody sinned. This was done so there could be some glory given to God. And he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground. Now check this out. He spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. We know this story. And said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is, in, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? 
Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. But he said, I am he. I want to tell you what makes the difference in this guy is his motion. Because just a little bit ago, he wasn't walking that way. Just a little bit ago, he wasn't that comfortable with his life out on his own. Just a little bit ago, it was different. And so now when he walks into town and his neighbors see him, they say, hey, isn't this that guy? And they said, no, it's not him, but it kind of looks like him. Another one said, well, it kind of, he said, no, it's me. I'm just on this side of a miracle. See, we change when we're introduced to a miracle. When, when we have the miracle of the acts of God in our life and when he touches us, there's things that begin to happen that bring on a miracle. They notice more than anything is his motion. Just, just for a little homework, uh, you go read about the pool of Siloam. I've studied it out, and, and I've shared some notes from the pulpit before about it. But it was not a place that you'd want to go. It's not a place you'd want to go swimming. It's not a place. And he knew this. He understood this. Although he was blind, he, he was there. He listened very well. His other senses were very much more strong by, by all studies. And so he knows what he's getting into right here and we've heard people say I got saved and my life has changed and, and I like that because that denotes a start and I heard people say well I repented and, and, and I like that and we've got to do it it's part of the plan of salvation in the book of Acts somebody said well I got baptized on Sunday that's an incredible act somebody even said I was filled with the spirit that's the greatest thing you can ever do but I'm going to tell you you can repent you can be baptized in his name you can be filled with his spirit but if you don't go after that So what am I going to tell you? It's why the Lord says we're saved through the power of regeneration. We don't take one touch and we're ready for heaven. One touch is our birth certificate. The last touch will be our death certificate. Come on, somebody needs to hear me. I want to preach to somebody today that there is a miracle in motion. I want to preach to somebody that when the Lord, all the power of God embodied in the flesh of Jesus Christ touched this man, he was not healed. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No, it makes all the sense in the world because the lesson is deeper. He could come in here and just touch everybody. He could come in here and just change everything. He could come in here and speak a word of life into every heart, into every person, into every physical need. He could touch us spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, and he could settle it all. But he wants us to be a part of our miracle. And here's where some of us get caught up. Well, I'll go to the altar and he'll settle it all right there and it'll be done. I want to tell you something. Going to the altar one time, don't settle it all and don't get it done. We've got to stay in motion spiritually. It'll add life to our walk with God. There's a miracle in motion. Watch this right here. The Bible said that he went and he washed his eyes. The Lord told him to go. So he touches him and he, he puts this clay on him. He spits on the ground, makes mud, touches his eyes, and sends him on a journey. And then the Bible leads us to know and allows us to see and understand that his healing came through his faith. What was his faith? He wasn't being touched by Jesus. Come on. 
Go study it. Go read it. His faith was not the touch of Jesus, although that was part and he had to have it. His faith was not that Jesus would spit on the ground and rub it in his eyes, although that was part of what happened. Here's where his faith was. When the Lord said, go. And this blind man that can't see, he's outside of his comfort zone. He's not in a place where he would ordinarily be. The Bible said he followed the instructions and he went. I want to tell you something. The miracle that happened in this man's life, although Jesus touched him, although he made miracle mud, although he spoke to him, if he does not go, He's just a blind guy with dirty eyes at the end of the day. Somebody needs to hear me now because it ain't going to get a whole lot better than this. But somebody needs to hear me. The Lord has instructed some of us on what to do. And we'll call out to God and we'll challenge God and do everything but curse God and accuse God. When he's saying, if you'll do your part, I've already said by my stripes you were healed. I've already said greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But I can't sit there. I wish a few people in this place would just hear me preach today. You've been sitting here. You've been touched by the Spirit. You've been blessed in the baptistry. You've heard some good singing. You've heard some good preaching at some points in your life and in your journey. And now here we are at a place we don't know what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. Take the next step. I've never stood to my feet in worship. You ought to do it and see what it feels like. I've never been to the altar. You ought to go to the altar. I've never been in the baptistry. You ought to get in the baptistry. I've never worshipped with the saints of God. You ought to worship with the saints of God. There is a miracle in the motion. God's already here. You don't just walk in and you're healed and saved and sanctified. You got to do your part. I fully understand we're not saved by works, but we're saved by grace. But we do have to do the part that gets us to grace. Some people disgrace grace. Because they just say, oh, well, grace covered that. Grace took care of that. I'll tell you something, folks. He said the plan to salvation was to repent, be baptized, and then he would fill us with his spirit. But now I want to share this with you. When you begin to look at grace, you begin to look at mercy, they're, they're really, really not synonymous with one another. They're, they're really individual and exclusive. Because mercy is not getting what I should have gotten. Mercy says before you came to me, before you repented, before you proclaimed that I was the Lord, before you proclaimed your love for me and your desire for me, and before you began to reach for me, before you repented of your sins, before you took on my name in water baptism, before all of that, when something should have happened to you, Mercy said no. So then what is grace? When you get to the very fundamental meaning of the word grace, grace means when I've done all I can do. What can we do? What can we do? We can get in motion spiritually. And there's a miracle there. I want to tell you, I'm so proud you're at church today. And, and, and to the guests, unless you want to receive this, just, just let this go over. To everybody else, I want you to say, I want you to know that I'm, I'm glad you're here. But being here is not going to save you.
although it's an absolute uh, appointment of the Lord and, it, and it's, a, it's an absolute commandment to, to forsake not the assembling of yourself with believers and like-minded people of faith. There's a commandment in that. In and of itself, giving to the kingdom is not going to save you, although there's an order there. Doing things that, that the Bible says do in and of themselves alone. That's why there is an entire plan called the Bible. If we just want to say we're saved by this, he could have put it all on one page. But he wanted us to understand there are some things you're going to have to do. There's going to be some journeys you're going to have to travel. There's going to be some and some time you're going to have to endure. But if you will get in motion, there's miracle at the end of the journey. Somebody hear me right now. This is a statement I've made a lot of times, and I'm going to make it again. Living for God is not an event. It's a journey. We've got to get on this journey called living for God. And when we wake up in the morning feeling worthless, we got to put our shoes on. When we wake up in the morning feel like we don't have it, we still got to lift a frail hand towards heaven. When we wake up and our body's in pain, we still got to recognize that he's the healer. We do what we can do until that blood covers. But until then, we got to just do what we do to stay in motion. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that's in this building, if you plan on going to heaven, it's not going to happen standing still. I said it Wednesday. I say it again. The pigeons always find statues. Stay moving. Stay motivated. Stay going. I woke up this morning. I don't know if it's my birthday. I don't know what all brought the feeling on, but I was like, man, I think I'm going to just go on vacation. You know, and then I walk in this morning, and Brother Carl says, hey, I'm going to be out a couple of weeks. I'm going to somewhere, some state here in a little while. And I said, oh, well, I'll just go with you. He said, come on, but I'm not going. That one's not on my bucket list. But, hey, we've got to stay moving. How many of you will get transparent with me right now? You woke up this morning and you had an excuse to stay home. I did. Now, now we didn't have a reason, but we had an excuse. Something that would have worked. You can pinch yourself and call in and say, my arm's hurting. <laughs> we could have done a lot of things. But the fact is this. We have got to stay in motion. You know, sometimes if I will allow the enemy, I've prayed for people that had severe back trouble and they were healed. And I've asked the question, come on, God, what's the deal here? We've prayed for people with all kinds of problems and all kinds of addictions and all kinds of situations, and the Lord delivered them right on the spot. And somebody else says, well, I've been waiting my turn. The only news that I can give to myself and the only advice I can bring to you and to me both is we've got to go where he said go. He said go to the altar. He said make a sacrifice out of yourself. You're a living, breathing sacrifice. And that's where I will do the miracle is in the motion. I'm just waiting on the Lord to do something 
There's too many people just waiting on the Lord to do something. Because in Peter chapter 2 and 24, I didn't give you this, sister, but I'll just read it. Who himself bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. So we have to start thinking, are those healings past tense? Are those healings for somebody else at another time, at another place? Are they for me now? The Bible said we were healed. I want to tell you something the blind man was healed but his healing was at a dirty pool waiting on him to come get it uh, sister Beckham this ain't gonna take long hey I want you to know something if he says go to the pool of Siloam and wash you know where we ought to be headed but it's dirty, it's nasty. We, we even heard of a place where, where these guys were doing ungodly things and, and, and they built this big tower and it fell and killed them all. How's it going to be a place of healing? Because it's where God said go. It's what the Lord instructed us to do. If he instructed me to lift my hands, then I would feel him and surrender to him, then I would lift my hands. If he said bow a knee, I would bow my knee. If he said to repent of my sins, I repent of my sins. If he said take on his name in baptism, but it don't stop there. I got to stay in motion. I got to develop a prayer life. I got to develop a worship life because something will take that time. I wish there was just a couple of worshipers. I don't, I don't need but about 10 more minutes, but I just wish there was a few people right here that would just get in motion for a moment. We had church here Wednesday night like I hadn't had in a long, long time. I just wonder if there's anybody here that believes in the miracle of motion. Well, prove that to me. You go back to that reading. Four times this man speaks when he talks about his healing. Four times the blind man, now the man that can see, speaks of his journey. Only two times does he speak of the touch of Jesus. Well, does that diminish the touch of the Lord? No, he don't have to touch you a bunch of times. But we got to walk a bunch of times. Come on, there's twice as much mention about his walk as there is about the touch. Why? Because when the Lord touches you, there's no more excuses except to get in motion. Let me say it again. He was not healed when Jesus touched him, but there was a seed of faith planted. He was not healed when Jesus spoke to him, but there was a seed planted. The dirt didn't heal him. Even the Spirit of God Almighty robed in the flesh of Jesus Christ standing beside him. That seems a little crazy because later some of his own disciples, their shadows would fall and people would be healed that they never spoke to. See, sometimes the Lord's just going to take care of it. Other times, your motion... My motion, my movement, my full consideration of where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing in the Holy Ghost. Woo. Sometimes God is waiting on us to do a miracle. I just lost some folks. I just lost some Wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we don't do miracles. 
if the Lord speaks them out there and then my action causes them to come to pass. Some of us need to just get to a point where the Bible said, by my stripes you were healed, by my stripes you were delivered, by my stripes you did overcome, and we just got to get in motion. You know, I've learned again, talking to myself, talking to people. Yeah, I said talking to myself and talking to people and talking to others. It's so easy to get to get mad and to accuse God and, and remind him of how terrible my life is and how terrible I was. But here's the fact. I can't go back and change anything. But I can get my feet planted and my shoulders square and I can determine what happens tomorrow. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some worms. I don't have any help. I don't have anybody that loves me. I don't have anybody that cares. Nobody calls me. Nobody checks on me. Mama didn't care about me. Daddy was a drunk. My siblings never check on me. I just get into where I hate life. Let me tell you something, folks. You need to get your soul in motion. And when you do, there will be a miracle at the end of that journey. Well, I'm a self-made man. Quit lying to yourself and allow God to make a change in you. Nobody's ever going to understand you. I learned that a long time ago, and sometimes I still throw it up as an excuse. Nobody understands what it's like. Nobody. Hey, let me just, can I share some self-pity with you for a minute? Y'all ready for it? Are y'all going to be able to bear it? Since the announcement of COVID-19, and, and, and there's no fun, there's no fun. I mean, we buried four family members from Louisiana, so any of y'all think I'm poking fun or, or making light of this thing, you are so sadly mistaken. So are you ready? Ever since the announcement and, 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 and the fights that ensued and, and the politicization, and that wasn't said right, but you got it. Politicized. Political. That's what one guy said. So since all of that, and to wear a mask or don't wear a mask. Hey, do what you feel. To get a shot or don't get a shot. To find human pills or horse cream. Come on, if you're alive, you've heard it. I wish you could just know the pressure it has put on every single pastor I know. There's pastors getting degrees right now online. Because they don't know how ministry is going to play out. Because the world would use such a situation to divide a church. Well, I believe it this way. You've got that right, and I'm thankful for it. I believe I ought to go get the shot. Go get the shot. I believe I shouldn't take the shot. Don't take the shot. But leave that other one alone. Now, I'm going to just meddle right here for a minute. It's been the biggest battle. It's been the biggest struggle. I woke up a lot of mornings just to read another text. 
And I say, what am I going to do? Because if we do this, that one's going to be mad. If we do that, this one's going to be mad. And, and, and if they think this is safe, they're going to think that's killing them. And if they think that's killing them, they're going to think that's safe. And, and, and what to do? And you know what? I finally got a word from the Lord. And he just said, stay moving. Well, what else can I do? What are my options? I can't just blow across the room and everybody be satisfied and on the same page. So somebody's got to make a decision. So I come down to this. When I fail, I got to get up. When I'm wrong, I got to make it right. When I have a slip of a tongue, I got to ask forgiveness. When I talk down to someone, I got to ask repentance. When I'm on the wrong side of history, I got to get on the right side of history. It's been tough. I've looked a lot of times and said, Lord, I've got 10 going on 11 years invested. We've seen growth. We've had good revival. we purchased property. We've saved money. we got plans to build a building. we got property that's paid for, prime property that some other companies would love to purchase. I don't know what we're supposed to do. You told us what to do. We prayed about what to do. Now, here we are, and some days I just feel like pulling my hair out. Y'all want, want me to be honest now? Some days I just want to throw a shoe as far as I can throw it. Problem is I ain't got a good dog. They're both lazy. But folks, do you know what this is called? I've come to the conclusion. Life. It happens to you when you're one. 21, 31, and I've already discovered it happens at 51. There are people in this place, absolutely, your life has been in turmoil. And I, I am so sorry, and I apologize. I've got, I've got two sisters that, and I hope, they're, I hope Rose and Shirley's watching now, one, one from Ohio and, and, and one from the, no, I was going to try to call the name of the park. Yeah, Yellowstone. I hope they're watching. But I know the first five and seven years of their life was very terrible. It was not good. I don't know all the details. I don't know that. But I know my mom and dad went, went to the state of Texas and through Buckner Baptist home over there off by where Sam's is across the road. I don't even know if it's still in existence there. So they're still doing that same work. They were there. My parents went and had lunch with one of them and then found out there were two. And they said, well, we, we looked to adopt one, and, and now we're in love with this one. We just love this kid, and so we won't split them up. So our family went from three boys to five girls. And I'll never forget, and I won't call her by name, five kids, two girls. And all of a sudden, yeah, they didn't adopt us as girls. Thank you for that correction. But I remember... And one of them would tell you, and I'll just leave her name right now for you to get later. But she, she sat down the first time my mother made pork chops and bread and gravy and mashed potatoes. And I watched a five, maybe six, I think five-year-old girl 
eat about 14 pieces of bread with gravy and a couple of pork chops and mashed potatoes and green beans and macaroni and cheese. And I sat in there having week after week thrown the leftovers out to the dog wondering but I couldn't imagine what they had been through until they came to a home. I know some of you, there's people sitting in this building, and I'm going to do my best to intentionally not look at you right now, that there was times in your past where CPS intervened in your house, and you came and lived with me for a, a period of time. I know how your life's been. I know it's been a struggle. I know it's been tough. I loved you as a brother and a sister then, and I still love you that way now. But I'm going to preach to you right now as an individual. Life will be what you make it from this altar service forward there's no take backs there's no start overs there's no do it agains our future is our responsibility I can sit here wallowing I can mire down in it I can do whatever it takes and nobody will ever understand you it's a fact we can keep saying that but nobody understands and I'm going to just say now and you're so right I wish you could understand the pressure of pastor in the last 18 months. I wish you could all feel it for eight hours. And then every time you make a bad call, it's like, ah. Every time you slip and feel like you didn't do it right, it's, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, man, you can do better than that. Really? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I can stand and I can declare that nobody understands. Or I can just get up. I can put my shoes on. And I can go to work and I can say, God, I don't have any answers. I don't know what holds in my life for tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. Somebody needs to hear me. Pastor, I just need a little time. I, I just need to sit down with you. You know, you, you, you know we, we can do that. We, we've done it. We, we've spent many, many, many hours, some of us together. And rightfully, you've done your best to try to convince me that I don't understand. And you know, I don't. All I can do is have empathy for what was and challenge you for what is to come. It's easy to get angry. Very, very easy to get angry. How would we fit in in society if we all got up tomorrow and went to our doctor's appointment? I don't have one, but if I did. We all went to our doctor's appointment. We walked in, and the doctor said, I got some samples of whatever medicine you may need. Here it is. Try it. And you turned around in five minutes and said, you are fired. My cancer is not healed. 
I'm still having back pain. I'm still having migraine. You're fired. See, none of us expect that. But we bring these things to the Lord and we try to hold him to some scientific instant standard that if I'll show up, you'll have to do it. No, he's going to touch you and then your walk is what's going to heal you. Second Kings 5 and 1, now Naaman, captain of the host of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but was a leper. Verse 8, and it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger. Listen to this. The priest of the day, the prophet of the day, sent somebody else. That would have made me mad if I was a king. If I was a captain, if I was in charge, it made me mad for, to, to see the secretary. I don't went all the way across the world. Don't you know I am somebody? And Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Go! I want to tell you that the miracle started the moment Naaman headed to the dirtiest river in the region. Folks, that river didn't have healing waters. We don't find where people flock to that, to that place to be healed. But what we find is when the man of God and the prophet under an anointing of the Spirit of God said, if you'll go and wash. I want to speak to some people right now. You've been battling all types of things. Some addiction, some bitterness, some hatred. Some just have the question, why? Others have added to that, why me? And even added again, why me now? Just very clearly, I want to tell you, I don't know why you. I don't know why you now. But I'm going to tell you that yesterday is gone. And we're not promised of tomorrow. So the only thing that we can control is what we do right now. I'm inviting you to stand. Thank you. See you Wednesday. God bless you, Facebook family.